Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And a few of our favorite ordinary Christmas things are gingerbread houses, blasting Christmas music, and the smell of pine needles. And a few of mine are Christmas picture books, hoping and praying for snow, and homemade cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning. Mm, We hope these conversations help you see the extra hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary Christmas, too. Get comfy. Here we go. In this season of gift giving, we are still unwrapping. We've got five gifts. We're unwrapping with one another and with you, our listeners. It's kind of like an Advent countdown calendar. And we have a gift for each of the categories we include every month in our paper and string care package. There's something to read, to listen, to taste, and to grow, and to gather. Each of these is a sampling of the articles, music, recipes, artworks, spiritual practices, reflections, and more that we send out from the Black Barn each month to subscribers in our paper and string digital care package. So we're giving you a little sampling over here, but you can also, if you'd like, follow the link in the show notes to treat yourself or go to outoftheordinarypodcast.com slash PS to sign up to become a subscriber yourself. This week's gift that we are unpacking behind our little advent calendar door is the gift of grow, growing things here in the American winter season, which is hard for me to wrap my mind around. And I remember about a week ago, Christy, I got an email from you because I subscribe to all of your email lists and your updates, and you were sharing (laughs) as a gardener the practice that here in the winter is actually one of the best times to work on growing in your garden. And it really kind of arrested my attention. And I thought, wait, what is she talking about? And then I started thinking, does she mean like planting bulbs? Does she mean cleaning away dry, dead things? And my brain just kind of kept coming back to this concept of growing things in the season where if I look out of my window right now, all of the trees are barren. The grass is turning that like yellow dead color of winter Mm -hmm. grass. (laughs) The only thing we're growing in our garden right now are just leaves, leaves, and leaves. As far as the eye can see, it is a constant battle to keep up with the leaves that are just like layers of lavish growth just lining all of the pathways and the dead grass at our house. So please unwrap for me what it means to grow here in the winter season. It's true. There is still growing, but you're right, Lisa Joe. The garden has absolutely moved indoors. <laughs> so I do. I have an indoor winter garden and it's so different from the summer garden because the summer garden, of course, it's outside. It's huge. It's a garden I move through. It requires lots of care. And the summer garden is about the big picture. It's about the landscape. It's about, you know, that line of shrubs I can see, you know, over there by the trees. And so it's expansive. The winter garden, it comes inside, it sits in pots on windowsills, and it's it's more like a fairy garden. It's about the one plant. It's about zooming in close to the the flowers that are right at almost nose level on next to my kitchen sink while I'm washing dishes. So it's a very, very different 
gardening experience. So yeah, I, I think my, the, okay, so it, it looks like lots of different things. On the one hand, uh, sort of the easy, quick, simple version is that it looks like the pots, many of them that were sitting outside all summer, certain ones, I water really well, and then I bring them inside so that they can live on windowsills, especially on my kitchen counter. So that's sort of level one winter gardening. And maybe I'll say a little bit more about that. But there's more. It's not just those pots I bring inside. There are some new things that I actually do plant this time of year that bloom this time of year. And for me, it just wouldn't feel like um, like Christmas or the new year without them. So my favorite, favorite, favorite are amaryllis bulbs. Do you know amaryllis, Lisa Joe? Do you know what I'm describing? So the word is familiar to me, but yeah. I don't know like what the flower looks like. It's it's one of those Christmassy words, but I don't know in my mind. I can't mm-hmm. capture a visual. Well, before you get to the flower, first of all, I just have to say that amaryllis are hideous. They they are these enormous bulbs like a big onion and really <laughs> like the size of a giant yellow onion, except they have these thick rope-like roots sort of snaking out of the bottom. (laughs) They're really (laughs) creepy looking. So awful. They're the kind of thing, if you were potting one up in the kitchen, your kids would come in and see it and they would freak out. They would say, ah, what is that thing? (laughs) Because it just, it doesn't look like it could ever be anything beautiful. So that's an amaryllis bulb. But then the amaryllis flower that will grow is, gosh, how to describe it? Um, I mean, it just looks like a Christmas flower. It, it's it's on this tall, stretched out, green, thick, thick stem. Don't think like little flower stem, but like almost like a green stalk that pops out of this bulb, grows really high. And then these flowers emerge, sometimes one, sometimes like three or four. And they're they're kind of like, I don't know, like picture the shape of like a poinsettia flower, but... And similar colors, reds, pinks, whites, and they're just like this huge, maybe lily, maybe a lily flower is is something that, you know, is similar that you can picture. So that's an amaryllis. And they're often grown this time of year because they grow so well from these bulbs that, frankly, you don't even have to put them in a pot with dirt. I mean, this is like super easy gardening. Sometimes I just stick them in a glass vase and I um, so I have some of like pebbles or marbles or something I'll put at the bottom um, so that it's kind of resting on a little base of something like pebbles and I'll just put water in it so they don't even need soil. They don't need dirt, strictly speaking. Just the water to feed the roots set them somewhere kind of cool and dark. And then that bulb starts sending out its green life. Um, I'll move it somewhere sunnier. And if I time it right, then at Christmas, I'll have this beautiful flower. I'll be honest, Lisa Joe, I never time it right, ever. (laughs) I know, because we're two days away from Christmas now. So I always wonder, like, is it in bloom? Yeah. Is she going to get it? Is there going to be a picture that shows up on her Instagram to show us the amaryllis in bloom know. on Christmas Day? Nope, there won't be. I can already tell you. I never <laughs> time it right. I don't know if it's me. I think it, it's usually me. I, I get it out a little bit late. But sometimes, you know, the bulbs are, they kind of do their own thing. Some leap quickly into life and some just don't. So yeah, mine, ne- mine never makes it for Christmas, but I've decided that I don't care because when I really need it, when I really need that flower, it's not Christmas. There is so much else to appreciate that time of year. When I need it, it's like 
January 14th, right? (laughs) January 20th. It's like, yeah, it's those endless long January into February days where um, nothing is growing outside. Christmas is over. And maybe here in Pennsylvania, we're waiting for snow and hoping for snow, but there's not even any snow. And it's just, it can be a really dreary time of year. So I'm actually quite glad that usually my amaryllis bulbs don't bloom (laughs) until well into winter. So that is, that's absolutely the star of my winter garden. And I'll tell you my favorite variety. So here's something else about me. I don't think our listeners will be surprised to hear this, but Christy Purifoy always has to be unique, right? So of course, the traditional amaryllis would be like a Christmas red, or maybe for a little alternative, like a brilliant white. So of course, every year I look for the oddball amaryllis and my favorite is called apple blossom. And it's not red and it's not white, but it's this really pretty pink in between. It has sort of streaks and it it really is more like the color of apple blossom. And, and so it's just very unique and it doesn't shout Christmas, which is great because, you know, it's perfect for January. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's not too late. So our listeners can look for Amarillo. They can order them online. I love to order well, that's what from I was the catalog. Ask, where do you get yeah. it? Like, do you get it? Does the grocery store sell? You know how grocery they, stores they often might. have a little section for yeah. poinsettias and other things. Mm-hmm. So for those of us who are listening to this two days before Christmas and feeling sad that we didn't grow a winter garden, we could could still go out and plant a bulb and enjoy yes. it into the new year. So a grocery store might have it. You order them online, like from Amazon, really? Yeah, well, I, I don't know if you can get it from Amazon. Probably somebody is selling them on Amazon. I'll get them from like a plant catalog, like a seed catalog, um, anywhere you would buy, order like daffodil bulbs, you can order amaryllis bulbs. Um, if you just Google amaryllis, you'll definitely find some mail order sources and um, we can link to some in the in the show notes. But yeah, they're really easy to find. But yeah, you might find them at the, the grocery store. And then just um, drop them you, in a vase of water. Yeah, it's that it's that easy. Adding it to yeah. my to-do list. Because yes. I, first of all, am surprised because I did not think that's is where this conversation was going. I did think you were going to talk about your outside garden. I love that this was about an indoor garden because that's what my story is for Grow. Not ah. being the gardeners that you are, Micah and I, he's my middle son and he's my lover of all things outdoors. He's the one who John, your husband, often says, oh, I wish Micah could come on up because we got wood that needs to get chopped or yes. <laughs> leaves that need to get moved. And I'm like, nope, nope, we need him working in our yard right now. He's out there driving the tractor around, sucking up the leaves or helping move snow. Um, but he has really developed a true love for little cactus plants. And he has at his desk now, especially since we've been in this season of homeschool, you know, online at home schooling, and it hasn't um, really looked like a break in that for us as we head into the new year, he has got lining up all along the front of his desk, these little pots with different cactuses in them, cacti. And it is the cutest thing. When he and Peter were out at the store about a month ago, they had seen all of these little potted cacti. And Peter just said, yes, 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 to Micah, who so badly wanted them. And so during the, we got him actually 
in the summer months and Micah treats them like little pets. Like he would take them outside and sun them, you know, like he'd leave (laughs) them out in the very bright sun for a few hours. And then I would get attached to them because I'd be working outside at a table and the little cacti would be there and they're so cute. And then he'd arrive a few hours later to, to retrieve them. And I would say, can't you just leave them with me for a little while? Like, I'm really enjoying. They're so pretty. And I like having them near me. And he would say, no, no, they're mine. It's my garden. It's for my desk. Aww. And he would take them back and line them up on his desk. And, you know, every week or every other week, that's the great thing. He spritzes them with water. You don't even have to pour water in. You just miss them, essentially. They're impossible to kill. And... uh I have benefited now during the winter months because the best place to get sun in our house is at a window in our living room. So he has brought out his little garden of cacti and set them up marching along the windowsill and I get to enjoy them all day now. I'm so happy they're finally in my room. But it's funny, you know, how a plant like that, that I mean, is it's a plant that it is it alive or not? Is it just hibernating? <laughs> I don't know. Like it's a plant that doesn't care about whether you love it or not. It's just there. You can't kill it. Has brought so much joy to us. They're you know they're prickly. They're not super beautiful to look at. These ones don't flower, but there's something about them that is so just precious. They're so cute. Mm. They're like little trolls or something. I don't know, like all lined (laughs) up on the windowsill. It's so weird. But they've brought us so much joy. The pots are really charming and delightful. And I've never thought of it as our indoor garden until that's how you described it. This is the Mm -hmm. season for indoor gardens. And so really that is what we're doing too. So I kind of feel like I'm a little bit ahead of the curve this year. Mm-hmm. And you know what we do on the podcast here, Lisa Joe? Like we like to zoom in and look closely at like the small, ordinary things that we take for granted. You know, we really like look closely like that. It's almost like we take a little uh, magnifying glass or something to ordinary life. And I feel like that's what this kind of gardening is. It is no longer about the big rose bush or the big effect, but it is about noticing um, something as small and simple as like a couple little prickles on your cactus or just the very deep inside of my amaryllis. It's like, a, it's it's the time of year when I zoom in as a gardener and I appreciate the very smallest and simplest things. And I'm just grateful to have that rhythm that like zooming in and zooming out from summer to winter. And so this gardening, it's not less than, it's not pretend gardening. It's the real thing. It's just cultivated on a different scale. So and I think that's we what would I appreciate be, about it. We'd be remiss not to mention the ultimate indoor gardening during the Christmas season. And I just thought of it as we were speaking because a Christmas tree that you have in your living room mm-hmm. is like bringing a piece of the outside inside. There oh, you yeah. get to smell it and there's pine needles on the floor and sometimes wax and it's sticky and oh, they get dried out and then they're a fire hazard. <laughs> like, But <laughs> But there's there's something really special about that, about having a whole tree that you have indoors. When do you ever have that any other time of the year? And if you don't have a real tree, you're still having the experience of it. And we've done both. Some years we've had a real tree. This year we won't. But um, there is something about that, bringing something from outside inside, that does mm-hmm. change how I look at the space I'm in and makes me feel more connected with with outside, but you're right, in a more focused way, a very specific mm-hmm. way that's telling its own story, that is reminding me 
And I know many people over the years have unpacked the Christmas tree and this idea of the book of Isaiah and the root of Jesse, um, the the new um, root coming out of the stump that had been cut down, and this idea of this connection between the prophecy of who Christ would be and then who he was dying on the cross and then who he will be again is what we look to as well. And so, here we are two days before Christmas, and we sure hope that when you look at your Christmas tree now in the living room, the kitchen, the bedroom, wherever you have your tree, um, that you'll just be reminded that this is the season where the whole world, the whole world is zooming in on this very unique moment in history um, where we are connected to a story much bigger than our own. And I think whether it's an amaryllis or a cactus or a Christmas tree, It is a reminder of the God who came to be with us here in our living rooms everywhere. Mm -hmm. So this week we do say Merry Christmas to one another and to our listeners because we are almost there. Merry Christmas, Lisa Joe, And yet we do still have one more gift to open up, one more little window to share here between Christmas and New Year's. And that one is our last gift and it's called Gather. So come back next week. We have one more gift for you. Merry Christmas, friends. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link.